You're listening to Life and Leadership, A Conscious Journey, the podcast that shares wisdom and strength. Join your host, Dr. Michelle St. Jane's weekly conversation on how to have a positive impact for people, planet, and the wider world. If you want to live a life of intention, be proactive with your time, and bring your vision for the future to life one today at a time, you are in the right place at the right time. Let's get started. Amplify your voice. Belize Samoa Salimbi is all about origin stories, new beginnings, and being on a conscious journey. Here is a part of the roadmap so far. Billy is a coach, consultant, creator, and co-founder and CEO of Podify. This is a company that will always produce podcasts and media of exceptional quality. He also hosts two podcasts, Inside Out, and his show is dedicated to revealing and dissecting life-changing insights. He interviews authors, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and he gets them to share their most powerful insights and break them down so you can apply it to your life. The second podcast is The Love of Podcasts, dedicated to the podcast community. The show is about helping people create world-class podcasts, but that's not all he's done. Billy led global learning and development teams. He's been a part of the most disruptive companies in the world. Think Tesla and SolarCity. Billy Samoa, from global learning in the space of disruption to the creativity of content and story sharing and supporting. Did this all happen by choice or chance? Wow. I want to, I want to steal what you just said. Thank you. I'm going to listen back because I love the way you put that. I think that should be my bio. I kind of believe there are no accidents and things happen for a reason. So for me, I've always been creative. I've always loved to create experiences for other people. That's just been part of my DNA. When I was a kid, I would create really, really amazing parties for people to go to. As I got older, I created a movie. As I got into corporate, I started creating training events. And now I'm creating podcasts. So it's like a through line of my life is experiences for other people to enjoy. Oh, and what a gift. What a gift. I appreciate you in this space. I enjoy listening to both of your podcasts. You also espouse the core concepts of Samoa, and Samoa is in your middle name. So the core concepts, which certainly show up in Potify, are collectivism, friendliness, reciprocity, and respect. So how did you get the name Samoa? Well, I wish I could say it was my father's foresight in recognizing the importance of those values and those qualities, but it was really a matter of circumstance that my dad was teaching in American Samoa and I was born on an island and in the 70s and my parents are both hippies and they're like, well, let's name him his middle name Samoa. I don't have any Samoan blood, although I think in a lot of ways, what you've just described describes my parents, describes the way I was raised, describes the way I like to lead my life in a very collaborative way where, you know, you treat people with respect and kindness. I do believe in the law of reciprocity. I think it's so, so important to remember that and don't ever give with the idea of receiving, but give with the idea of giving what you've received is the way I see it. If you've received something, you're in now a position to give. And I just think fundamentally, if we have that mindset of always paying it forward, of always giving of ourselves, yes, it will come back. And it may not come back from that specific person. It's not a, this person gets this, therefore they give you back that. It doesn't work that way. I think it works more on a universal level where we have gifts to give because we've been given so much. And I know I speak from a place of privilege. I've had an amazing life. 
I pinch myself sometimes recognizing the life that I've led. At the same time, I also recognize that I have a duty and an obligation to share as much as I can. And I, I take that responsibility seriously. Gifting it forward. I totally agree with you. I'm all about legacy. And that is such a tenant of the Pacific Islands as well, because they're all so isolated or they're interlinked. They're very vulnerable places. And I mm. myself was born on an island in New Zealand and born in a city ringed by volcanoes. So it's interesting how my grandparents are Welsh. So I'm a child of fire people <laughs> living in the Pacific Ring of Fire. And then I jump over to the Atlantic to live on a dormant volcano. So, hey, you just don't know. Do you? <laughs> you can't escape volcanoes, dormant or otherwise. And this, because we spoke before, I'm a big fan of New Zealand and I want to go to Bermuda. I want to see more islands. I've always had a fascination by island life and people who live on islands and just the beauty of this fact that you're on a small body of land, isolated in a lot of ways. But what that does is it gives you the opportunity to forge relationships and build community, which is such a powerful proposition and thing to learn and to nurture and to really champion because at the end of the day, I think the thing that makes us happy as human beings is the connected nature of the way in which we end up loving other people. Like connection is happiness and vice versa. I'm fascinated by history and Bermuda is over 500 years old. In fact, it was the second company, the first being the Virginia Company, which was, of course, is America. And it's really fascinating to watch how history rolls out from there. New Zealand is so new. And I remember when I was visiting Monterey once and going to visit, I think it was a 17th century Spanish mission, which started at the beginning of the San Andreas Fault, mm -hmm. which less all it's shaking us up. <laughs> we so have now, earthquakes. You have volcanoes. We have earthquakes. Yes. So does New Zealand have some serious earthquakes? Oh, yeah. Oh, I believe me. Christchurch. We oh. have a friend in Christchurch. That was a devastating quake. I was only there not long before. So as a child, who inspired you? I think as one reflects and thinks back, it's easier to say now who inspired me because I can see why I am who I am. And so for me, it's quite simple. It's my parents. It really is. It comes down to the modeling that I saw in my dad and my mom. With my mom, it is the details that I've learned. Perhaps on some level, it's perfectionism. So it's both a curse and a blessing that I have this ability to really see the nuance in things and the small details and how they accumulate, I once heard it put that the details are like a pointillist painting. Any one of them may not matter, but collectively, it really makes the painting what it is. I always strive to think about every little detail, and it has served me very well. The reason why I was promoted at Tesla, the reason why I've had the opportunities I've had in my life is because when I do an event, when I do a training, when I do something, people don't forget it. And they don't forget it because I think of those little details. And with my dad, it really comes down to the interpersonal communications, the networking, the ability to build relationships, the sense of humor. And so my inspiration growing up was watching them, watching how he interacted and watching how my mom really remembered the details of things. And so those are the people, when I think about inspiration, they're, they're the ones who inspired me and, and really helped to pave the path for who I am today. Wow. Always good to remember that. So you have a podcast all about insights. So I have to ask the question, what insights drive you to be who you are? 
I think one insight that stands out for sure is the idea of first principles thinking. And this is an insight that I certainly didn't invent. I don't know where it originated from, but I know that Elon Musk is often the one that people associate first principles thinking with. And really, this is the idea that we don't need to reason by analogy, meaning if I'm going to build a car, I don't want to look at all the cars that exist and say, I'm going to incrementally improve from there by adding a better feature, a better widget, a better body, whatever. Just because cars exist doesn't mean cars exist in the way they should. And so Elon's belief, and I also believe this wholeheartedly, is that we are only limited by laws of nature that we don't control. Laws of physics, things that literally exist and they are out of our scope of control, at least to our own awareness. And with that liberation, we're able to reinvent, reimagine and innovate in a way that we might not be able to do if we're too constrained by what exists today. So I think from an insight perspective, that insight is a through line of my life because when I started training, I didn't have anything to base it off of. I didn't have anything to say, okay, I have X number of years of experience. I had to figure it out. I was thrown into the deep end of the pool and said, you need to figure out how to swim. And so the second insight that I'll share briefly is I interviewed Liz Wiseman and she has a book called Rookie Smarts. And this ties very nicely into this idea of first principles thinking. The idea behind Rookie Smarts is when you're a rookie, when you're new at something, you're actually given an opportunity to thrive in a way that somebody with a vast amount of experience wouldn't because you're so constrained by your beliefs. You're constrained by your previous experiences. Oh, I've done this before. I've done something similar before. Therefore, I know this to be true. But when you're a rookie, one, you're not going to have that constraint. Two, you're going to seek out advice, counsel, and tips from people who've been in similar situations. And then you have a choice. Do I use this person's advice or that person's advice? Do I use neither of their advice? Or maybe you don't get advice and you figure it out on your own by doing what feels right. And often what feels right is right because your instincts, and this is the last insight, your instincts are often the most important thing you should listen to. And I think all too often we ignore our instincts and don't listen to them. Good point. I translate instincts into intuition for me. My flop into podcasting was quite by accident. I was in the pandemic pause thinking, what do I want to be when I grow up yet again? <laughs> <laughs> and podcasting dropped into my head and I literally had to Google what is a podcast and there's my virtual speaking podium. How crazy is that? And eight weeks later launched. So I'm very grateful for the generosity and the community. So what are your top values, Billy? I think above all, it's integrity. I would say doing the right thing. And integrity encompasses a lot of things, which for me includes trust. Integrity is doing the right thing when nobody's looking. And I think when you do that and people can count on that, they then trust you. And so one of the things I instill in my son is this belief that I don't care if you've done something wrong. I don't care. I mean, I do, but I care less that you've done something wrong and a whole lot more if you've lied about that. And I'm a stickler for truth. That right there is just at its core, if I can't trust somebody or if somebody can't trust me, how can you have a strong working relationship? Additionally, I'm a lover of fun. And so a value for me is life is finite. I won't say it's short, it's finite. We know we have a certain number of days, certain number of weeks, months, and years in our life. We don't know what that number is, but it is finite. And laughter is a drug. When we remember that, we take time to pause and have some fun. And because life is finite, because we have only so much time here, 
Let's enjoy it. Let's embrace it. And then the last value I have is, I mean, not last, but the last one I'll share right now is this connectedness between people and the ability to love. So love to me means that I pour into people, that I give them and shower them with love because I always assume positive intent. I don't try to make my own assumptions about somebody's ill will on me or others. I always strive to come from a place of this person probably means well. It may not be showing up that way, but it's easier for me, frankly, to have a positive intent mentality than a negative intent mentality. And so because I have that, my default is to love first and love first and love fully. That's so beautiful. I'm actually working on a values series for my podcast and it's the synergies are just amazing. The founder of the World Values Day reached out to me. So I've offered them a spot for World Values Day, which is in October as a guest so I can support that. And now I've found myself part of the Values Jam, which is a card game they're designing so that people can learn how to have conversations around values in the home, in the school, in the community, and in organizations. I mean, come on, Billy, how often have we seen an organization saying, this is our values, and then the people in the organization are rolling their eyes. (laughs) So it's a great way to get a little bit more in depth on how that happens. So I'm just absolutely loving doing this podcasting. It's lit up my life. So I totally align with you around, let's get as much laughter and joy into life. It's way too precious. And that came home to me when I was widowed at 27 and suddenly my husband was gone and my children were little and suddenly life was quite scary. I still had to live, provide and create a way forward for them as often as I could. It was all about humor, having fun, being a present parent. As this week's episode guest said, be a present parent, bring the joy back in. So Billy, in this decade, what are you most excited to see happen? Wow. Uh, I love your questions. And I just want to comment on what you just said. I mean, I think you're doing a beautiful job of podcasting because it's clear that you care. It's clear that you take the time to understand that person and you ask really thoughtful questions. And so to me, what makes a podcast stand out is having great guests is important, but it's the host. And if the host does what you're doing, which is really ask meaningful questions that maybe aren't often asked, that stands out and that makes your show unique. So over the next decade, I do think there's going to be a collective my hope, and this is a pretty big thing, shift in consciousness. I think we're seeing it happen more and more. And the reason we're seeing it happen is that there's information being disseminated at a much faster pace than ever before. Platforms like Clubhouse, communication platforms or mediums like podcasting, obviously social media and others. And I I look at these as forces for good that have some inherent risks. No one will ever say that social media is perfect. And, and anything is perfect for that matter. But I think if we could harness the good in those things, I think we could begin to start to really understand each other a whole lot better than we do today and that we're a lot more alike than we are different. In fact, we're 99.9% alike if we really get down to the physical nature of how similar we are as human beings. But it goes beyond that. I think we have similar desires, similar wants and needs, things that make us comfortable. And I think once we start realizing that those similarities are what make us human and the humanity within us is what connects us, I think there will be more compassion and empathy for one another. And it may sound woo-woo to really believe this, but I do. I, I actually have this fundamental core belief that we are getting more to a place where we'll understand each other. And at times it's going to feel like the exact opposite, and that's normal. And I think we have to recognize that there's going to be road speed bumps along the way. There's going to be deep 
detours and there's going to be things that happen. But I, I guess I, I have this optimistic fundamental belief that most humans are good. Most humans are good. And because of that, there's power in numbers. If you look at the bad apples, I don't think they spoil the bunch because there's too many good apples. There's too many great people. And the good people, the great people will stand out and not only just stand out, but will outweigh all the negative ones that are scattered throughout. Because of that, I think there'll be more understanding of one another. So that's one big thing. And then the other thing that I'll share is I think with technology, I'm super curious, and this is more of a next century thing over the next hundred years. I'm super curious what happens in terms of how we evolve healthcare as it relates to nanotechnology and our ability to do things that we might not be able to think are possible today. We even are hearing today that there's going to be more developments with cancer simply because of the mRNA and the advances they've made with the vaccine. So I'm curious what will happen with human longevity. That fascinates me along with hybrid sort of people, technology that infuses with people. This might scare some people, but the neuro nanotechnology that literally can control the brain. Again, this is going to scare some people, but I'm curious what can happen there from a knowledge standpoint. And I think that's more of a, you know, maybe a quarter century proposition. Wow. You blew that question out of the water. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I did want to just touch on a couple of the points that you made up. Bad apples make great fertilizer. So there's really good (laughs) for any kind of energy. I really appreciate your um, balancing the good and the not so good around technology. I have a global leadership podcast. When I look at my analytics and I look at who's watching, global leaders are turning up and many other levels, which is wonderful. But a global leader reached out to me from actually San Francisco and said, could you do something on addictions? No. Sydney. It was Sydney. San Francisco was online dating, believe it or not. CFO in Sydney said, can you do something on addictions? And I'm like, oh, I wasn't quite thinking of going there. Well, I'm so glad I did because addictions are in the workplace, the home, everywhere. And a series I'm developing is around digital addictions because I really want to lean into those less discussed conversations where digital health is very important. It needs to be up there with mental health, physical health, emotional health. So I'm leaning into a series around that because similar to you, I've spotted this is something that needs to be talked about. So that's another series I've got coming up. I love it. I love it. And I'm so with you on that. I think awareness of digital addiction could not be more important right now in this part of our evolution and history as a species because it's so present in our lives. Just the sheer number of hours we're in front of a screen is staggering staggering. Can you imagine even a hundred years ago, if we were to tell people that you're going to be in front of a screen for more than 12 hours a day, every day on average, and this is real stats, they would think it's crazy. They would think much like somebody hearing today, thinking that neurotechnology really, but because of nanotechnology will allow us to do amazing things with our brain. People think that's crazy now, but it's actually already starting to happen. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I am a secret confession, uh, Star Trek wannabe since my Okay, I'm so linked into whatever we need to do. I'll be exploring and considering. And also technology is like, I just look at healthcare. Doctors have gone from over the centuries, home visits to office visits, and now online visits. There's some amazing things going on. So I would like to know if you could have everything your way, how would you leave your mark on the planet? Okay, this is another great question. I 
For me, the mark that I want to leave, the legacy that I want to leave is I believe in the power of education and I believe in the power of teaching people how to teach. I I fundamentally want to make sure that not only have I taught the people that want to learn in the areas which I teach, and mostly right now it's communication, it's podcasting and creating. I want to teach people to teach because if I'm gone, I can't do the teaching. And so it's important for me to give people the tools, the techniques, the knowledge, and the confidence to be able to teach other people. That's how what I do lasts beyond me. And so I guess the thing that gets me excited that I often realize is the thing that will allow my work to live beyond me is when people do the things that I've taught them to do. And I've already seen this happen in a professional setting. The approach that I take to training where I gamify it, make it very fun, and I I don't, I, it's not a boring, stale training. I mean, we have American Idol or we have Family Feud or doing fun things within the training that people wouldn't think would be in a training. We do in a training. And so I want to do that and I'm starting to do that more and more with people who believe in the power of creation. And I guess the last thing I'll share is that we're, we're in this paradoxical world where it's the create consume paradigm. That's like how much of my day is spent consuming, how much of my day is spent creating. And I'm a big believer and proponent of this idea of creating more than we consume. I'm not opposed to consuming. This is how we learn. This is how we are entertained. This is how we get some breaks. I also think that if we spend our lives only with the consume button pressed and never with the create button pressed, we're going to be in a place where we don't feel fulfilled. We just don't feel fulfilled. We don't feel like we're doing something that's going to leave a mark. My mark is teaching other people how to help other people leave their mark. Wow, that's a beautiful legacy. So I'm curious, what are you listening to, meditating to, or reading at the moment? Great. I So much because one of the things that I take a lot of pride in is tons of research. So for me, my guests, they end up being my podcast playlist, my reading playlist. And so some of the people that I've been reading right now include Erica Kramer. I just read her book, Confidence Feels Like S, I won't say the word, but it's a book about confidence. And so I just read her book and interviewed her. Also interviewing people like Mario Armstrong and like Andy Enriquez. Mario has a show called Never Settle which I think is a fantastic show that teaches people that you should think big and never settle. In fact, I just released his episode on Inside Out. When I see and hear stories like his, that's what resonates with me. The other thing that I'll share is I'm super fascinated by humans generally. So my mom has been going on and on about the book Sapiens. That's on my list. I have not started that yet, actually, but I know enough about it. But that, if you want to know what's upcoming, I really want to, and there's the second book as well. So I'm curious about that. And then the last thing is, I'm also curious, like what's happening right now with, I mean, I think it may be much ado about nothing, but I'm curious about the fact that are we alone? Are there other intelligent life forms out there? This fascinates me to no end because I'm deeply curious about the fact that How are humans as evolved as we are? Of course, there's going to be, there's a religious component to this. There's a scientific component to this. And not that we want to go down that rabbit hole, but you just look on this planet and you look at humans and our consciousness sets us apart. That is the real, uh, yeah, disposable thumbs and our ability to do all the things we're able to do. Sure. But our ability to have a state of consciousness fascinates me. And I want to see, are there other life forms out there that also have that? 
Well, I'll give you a cliffhanger. Yeah. I've just read a very fascinating book because I do have a series around outer space, near-Earth orbit. And I've just read a book that called out the chauvinism of looking for the Goldilocks, taking the Goldilocks approach. A planet like ours and people like us, because really, are we going to find that? If we're looking for people like us, are we missing all the other kinds of life forms? And rounding back to volcanoes again, if you um, follow the research around deep sea events you will see there are life forms like you would never imagine oh right we don't know half of what's underneath the (laughs) surface of the water right we were so clueless it's so true and not only that in 2009 we found out there was a whole nother part of the galaxy and everything with the kepler satellite Billy, I'd love for you to share about the work that you do. And I have to give a shout out for your 12-week shine program, helping leaders and entrepreneurs to shine. Shine Uh, is the thing. I love the way you put that. So feel free to share about your work. I will have all of your details in the show notes. You don't have to worry about the details. Let's hear. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I won't won't talk too much about that program specifically. Most of my time right now is spent with Podify. So our intention is to help podcasters produce their podcast, to let their voice shine through, to amplify their voice through the power of podcasting. So we edit, we do video, we do web development, writing, any number of things that you could need as a podcaster. My company provides those services. So what excites me is all of our clients have become become friends. Some of them were friends beforehand. And this is a really, really important thing to me is that I feel this connection to the people that we work with and their shows are having a ton of success early too. Some of them are brand new shows and having a ton of success. So that excites me. But I will speak briefly about this idea of shine. I think that we all have the shine within us. We have the ability for our superpower to shine through, but often we're allowing other people's thoughts, ideas, and beliefs about us to dictate the way in which we go about our lives. And so the idea behind what this idea behind shine is you have the ability to let your superpower, your zone of genius shine through only when you can identify it for yourself and consciously make the decision to make that the priority and not all the other wishes of other people. Because often we're living our lives based on other people's idea of what our life should be, as opposed to our idea of what our life should be. And so when I work with executives or professionals, or creatives, what we talk a lot about is what makes them feel full. What makes them be excited about what they're doing? And when we find that area, we double, triple, quadruple down on that area and really stoke those flames because often there's a spark There may be kindling and it just needs a little oxygen to be a roaring fire. And when it's a fire, that's when you're unstoppable. And unstoppable people are the ones that you read about and that lead a life that people will remember for decades and even centuries. I call them living legends in their lifetimes and beyond. And for me, Billy Samoa, you are one of my favorite living legends. Podify and its collectivism, your friendliness, your reciprocity, your respect, your love of the voice and having fun. I so appreciate you. I appreciate you, Michelle. It's been a true, true pleasure. So grateful for your time, the thought you put into the questions, the care that you have with your guests and the overall compassion and kindness and genuine spirit that you have. It's clear to me that your success is no surprise whatsoever and all well-deserved. So thank you for the opportunity. Dr. Michelle St. Jane is a conscious steward of meaningful leadership in the world and the wider cosmos. 
Tune in every Thursday for real talk around life, leadership, and your conscious journey. Be ready to create and cultivate your dreams and soul-hearted desires. Your support is valued. Please subscribe. Leave a review and a rating. But more importantly, share with your connections.